millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I walked in on a beginner's Monday and someone just did a hurricane runner out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, Beginner's Monday? <laughs> what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. There's trash there. Trash there. <laughs> trash there as well. But no Shakara. It's funny because she had all those things to say about me over there, but when I came into her ghetto, she couldn't even say it to my face. <laughs> and you're walking around like you think you're all that. Well, on June the 9th, you're going to realise that you're nothing compared to all of this. Because I'm going to take those cheap extensions and I'm going to make tassels for my next outfit. And after that match, I'm going to be so done with you. Because you're getting snatched and bald, honey. And then I'm sending you home. Bye-bye, biatch. Cassius, how are you doing? Yay, I'm good. Feeling good as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Are you over the finale of Sabrina yet? (gasps) <gasps> no without spoiling I, it without spoiling it just in case okay, yeah, yeah i won't spoil it but no spoilers. so i watched it about two days ago or three days ago and the first thing i thought about when i woke up today was oh my god i can't believe sabrina ended that way yeah i'm still not over it i, I can't believe just sort it of sat there and went what 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 hey that's I did- odd yeah, I didn't think it would end like that. It's bad enough when you um, when when you binge watch stuff, you get more heavily invested than you normally would. So if you've watched a whole bunch of it in a row, all of a sudden it's just like, well, what do I do with my life now? What did exactly. I exactly? What did I do before this? What else have you binged whilst you've been uh, in in lockdown, Cassius? Okay, well, so believe it or not, I had not actually watched RuPaul's Drag Race before lockdown. Mm-hmm. And everyone assumes that I had, but no, I swear I actually hadn't. And once I started watching it, I was like, why have I never seen this before? So I've I've binge watched like everything, all of the seasons from that. Um, and then binge watched Sabrina, I binge watched uh, Riverdale. That's another oh. one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, it's it's been those 
three that have kept me going through lockdown and wrestling of course obviously yeah. whatever there is i've um yeah. uh, you mentioned rupaul's drag race there i have to ask because i have met many people that have did you watch aj and the queen which was oh, rupaul's okay. netflix I've, series i've seen the first episode <laughs> and and that was it i hadn't i hadn't watched the rest because <laughs> i was like okay well let me finish sabrina before i get into something else oh do you know what i watched it all in one night it's so bad i love it I just, yeah. I couldn't turn away. I couldn't turn <laughs> away. Like, and it's just my favorite part of all of that. I don't even know if it's on Netflix anymore, but if you watch it, anytime RuPaul makes a joke, it's like almost written in the script. Everybody laugh at RuPaul's yeah. joke. All the characters <laughs> laugh at it. It's, oh God, I couldn't stop watching it. I, 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 I hated it and loved it all at the same time. So okay, maybe I'll give it another go. Please but do, watching... but, but be aware that it will be a waste of several hours, but also totally worth several hours. <laughs> but well, this is the thing. I watch it when I'm in the bath and I'm sipping like apple juice or cranberry juice out of a straw. Nice. I, I put my laptop there and then I put the Epsom salts in my bath and then that's when I binge watch whatever it is. Are you never so. worried about, because whenever I watch stuff in the bath, are you never worried about, what you're watching it on fall in the bath or do you have things in oh. place to stop that okay no so i put obviously i put it outside the bath so right. it's not balancing like above the bath like I, if i did that i would drop it in there i've dropped my phone in the bath three times oh, um gosh. so i've learned a lesson from that um i one time i dropped my phone in the bath and i jumped out the bath because i thought i was going to get electrocuted <laughs> and i <laughs> left my phone <laughs> um obviously it doesn't work that way i i found out <laughs> after but so i i vowed to never make that mistake again especially after making it three times so yeah i i put it you know at the other end of the bathroom and then i just have my head like balancing over the bathtub just watching what's your record for longest time binge watching in the bath oh i think two hours nice that's it i'm never in there like any less than an hour because anything on netflix is like an hour so i watch the whole thing in the bath and then um, by the time i get out i'm like a prune <laughs> yeah there's i've had that where i'm sure i've seen the sunset in the room in the room across the way as what well. i've been in the bath going yeah i think time to come out but hey look we are we are here to talk about wrestling uh, yeah, mm -hmm. we may come back to binge watching in the bath. I don't know, um, but we're here, Cassius, because we're sending you on a desert island. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. We could all do with that. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, and when you get there, uh, we're, we're giving you some entertainment in the form of three wrestling matches burned onto a DVD that you can watch while you're there. So Amazing. they don't necessarily have to be the best wrestling matches ever, but they're three wrestling matches that mean something to you that whether inspire passion for the, for the, the craft or, or just have personal memories that are attached to them. So we're going to we'll go through what your three matches are throughout mm -hmm. the podcast today. So what's your first match going to be, Cassius? Okay, my first match is Trish Stratus versus Mickie James at WrestleMania. I love Trish Stratus. I mean, I, mean, I love her so much. I mean, she broke my heart. Do you love me now, Trish Stratus? You broke my heart, but now I'm gonna break you. So it's it was either those two at WrestleMania or when they first wrestled together at New Year's Revolution. But either way, it's the whole entire feud. 
I think, but the WrestleMania one would be on the DVD because it before the match it has the preview of like the rundown of the whole storyline, so that would be on there. Um, but that match, wow, that whole entire feud was what really got me fully invested into wrestling and was the time in my life where I was like, oh wow, when I grow up, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Um, I think there's just the whole psycho, crazy, obsessed fan stalker character that Mickey James had. Um, I don't know why, but I could relate to it. Like, I promise I'm not a psycho, Mm -hmm. but because she was an obsessed fan and she was wrestling in like street clothes, that was the closest thing I could relate to in wrestling because I was an obsessed fan too at the time. So, um, and still am, never grew out of it. (laughs) Um, And so for me, that match has everything. It has the wrestling, it has the drama and it's so over the top and I love it. And and that's why that would be my first pick on the DVD. I think what's (laughs) special about that match is that it it comes at a time where sort of, Women's wrestling went through this really long period of time where it was kind of like a toilet break match to a lot mm-hmm. of people. And and this was a, a WrestleMania women's match that had a lot of storyline meat on the bone. It wasn't just a here's here's a 10-woman tag with Flo oh. Rider playing them to the ring, 30 seconds, <laughs> get in, hit a finisher, and get away. Like this is something that had like real, like that that had a real character and a definition about it. And <clears throat> as you say, it was something that inspired you to get into in, into wrestling as well because a lot of stuff that you do you're you're very you're very heavily influenced by that diva style aren't you hell yeah mm-hmm. hell yeah i am like I, I think everything i do in the ring is it, it, if i've done a move it's because i was inspired by a woman's wrestler to do it and um, and i don't know if it's just by the way I was raised, like my mom had seven sisters. I was raised by my mom and my sister. So in my family, there was a a lot of girl power and I was raised by that. And um, I'm a feminist at heart as well. So um, it's the women's wrestling is my favorite bit about wrestling. And and that match, like those two, Mickey James, um, I do a DDT, which we call, I call it the DD twerk. um, Cause I was inspired to do the twerk by Miley Cyrus and nice. the DDT as a tribute to Mickey James. So, uh, yeah. But it's not Everything just in the moveset as well. Like if you, anybody that, that watches your watches what you do for, for any amount of time, we'll see not just in the moves, but in the way that you carry yourself, the way that you stand, the way that you're <laughs> poised. Like there is so many throwbacks. And I, I, I swear every time uh, you win a championship, it's an opportunity to, to strike a pose like a Kelly Kelly, like a Tristrat. Yes! You oh see, you God, see yes! it in it. You see it there. Trish has you, you've you've interacted with Trish over stuff like this before, haven't you? Like Trish is, yeah, so, Trish is very aware um, of what you do. I I just had a um I wrestled this wrestler called Shakara and her finisher is the widow's peak. Mm. And there was a good photo of her giving me the widow's peak. And when I got widow's peaked, secretly inside I was all right because I was like, oh my god, Victoria does a widow's peak. And that's such a cool move. I'm taking the widow's peak and so did Trish and so did Stacy and so did Tori. Um and so I sent 
a picture of Trish getting widow's peaked and a picture of me getting widow's peaked. And I was like, oh my God, Trish, we're like twins. And she replied to that. And she's like, we're the same person. <laughs> um, and like, so she always did the, in her photo shoots, like this pose of like her hand on her head or something like that. So I did the same and sent it to her. And, and the same thing with Kelly Kelly. Um, every time I had a, I have a photo shoot, I, I always think, oh, wow. What deepest pose can I do? Because, <laughs> like, I love the wrestling, but also it's all the things around it, like the the backstage divas photo shoots they had, and and all that, and and the backstage segments. So, whenever I get a chance to do anything, I I always pay homage to them because, like, they they always made me smile. So, like, even getting into the ring, I always make sure I go through the bottom rope in a match. In my entrance, I spin through the middle, but anytime I'm getting in and out of the ring, it's the bottom rope. It's, li it's the little touches like that that I think people will yeah. notice and go, there's there's the homage right there. To go back to uh, Mickey and Trish at mm -hmm. WrestleMania, can you remember where you were, uh, the, the situation you were in at the time when you watched that for the very first time? Yeah, okay. So I I used to watch WrestleMania at home, always either with a friend or with my mum. Um, at the time so we we would just sit down on the sofa and watch it and it was always on so late over here right mm. um so and I think Wrestlemania came at a time where I didn't have school the next day or something like that so I was always allowed to watch Wrestlemania and yeah I remember watching that with my mom and we were like oh my god we we hate Mickey but we we, we, she's really good, but oh my god, I think Mickey James might win this one. And spoiler alert, I mean, ten years later, whatever. <laughs> we, can, we can say the result of that. This isn't the Buffy finale. We can say the result of that. Yeah. I say, if you've yeah. not missed that, you've had you've had twenty years. It's fine. Exactly. It's too late now. You, was your mum a massive wrestling fan as well? Then, because I know she's a massive supporter in your pursuit of wrestling. But was she a wrestling fan from the beginning as well? Yeah. So she loves it. She loves it almost as much as I do, if not more. Um, so when I started to watch wrestling, um, I would always watch it with her. And that was our thing. We would watch wrestling together. And then if there was a pay-per-view and I had school the next day and I had to go to bed early, she would actually watch the pay-per-views and write down the results for me and tell me in the morning. That's lovely. Um, so, and then when I went to like my first ever wrestling show, um, as a fan she came as well and we used to make signs together um and like she, she there's photos of her like a john cena top and all that like from back in the day she loved it <laughs> what was her reaction when you when you made the decision to go this is something actually i want to do like i want to be doing that well i i didn't tell her until i actually the day i went to a wrestling school so i didn't tell her until then and um she was like, oh, okay. Like she, she was happy for me, but she didn't want me to get hurt. Mm. Um, but she, she's so glad and she's, she's such a big supporter of me and she's read like everyone's autobiography. So she understands like the, the hard work and the hustle that goes into it. So she gets it and um, she loves it. But yeah, at first she was a bit, hesitant for me to do it because I was so quiet and so shy and I was never in any fights uh, I was I'm not aggressive really 
Uh, well, I thought I wasn't aggressive, but sometimes I can be. Um, but I was never in any fights or any, any trouble. So whenever anyone found out that I was doing wrestling, they were always like, you? What? Huh? So, yeah, that was a bit of a shock, but she she loves it. Which do you think for you was a, was a more uncomfortable moment with your mum? Was it telling her that you were going to get into the wrestling or was it during the Trish-Mickey match when Mickey counters the satisfaction by... <laughs> You, the you can't say this on the podcast, but I'm making a V hand. <laughs> and, okay. uh, so which was which was stranger? <laughs> hmm. Uh, do you know what? I I think they were both on a very awkward level, especially okay, so when I showed my mum like my first ever match, like she's seen all my matches and stuff, but when I was sitting next to her showing her me getting into the ring for the first time and wearing these pink pants because that was a big deal for me at the time um but I think the referee goes to check me and I bend over or something like that but something silly like that or I slut dropped or something and only when I was sitting next to my mum showing her that did I suddenly realize oh oh well, I did that <laughs> um but but yeah um it is what it is. It's all it's all funny. She knows it's just wrestling. It's all just a laugh. So it's cool. <laughs> I think you are always you are always going to be destined to be doing stuff um, in 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 a in a showbiz style. You you mm-hmm. talked in an interview uh, last year about how you were doing a a media course, and that was when you realised I don't want to be behind the camera. I don't. Want, oh. <laughs> I need to be in front of it. Talk to us about that. Well, okay, so so at the time I was at college and I'd went to wrestling school for like a few months and I didn't really like it, hated it and quit wrestling for two years. So I just didn't think I would be any good at it and I didn't tell anyone about that. Um, that was all a secret. None of my friends knew. Um, so, and then at the time I was like, I don't really know what else I want to do. I'll apply to university because that's what all the smart people are doing and I'm smart, so let me just apply. I don't know if I'll go. I got in, um, I studied television production. um, And yeah, very quickly, I just looked around at everyone and I just, I felt like I didn't really fit in. Um, uh, Everyone was wearing stage black to blend in with the background and not be seen. And I, I looked around and was just like, stage black? I don't know, I don't think so. Not for me. Um, I like to wear bright colors and stuff. So just the simple thing of wearing just all black and not having any spotlight on you. I just, no, that wasn't me. I, I felt like I had more fun on that course when they needed an extra to be in the background of a shot. I would be like, I'd do it. I'll do it. I'll be in the background. And I would always like over exaggerate my faces, <laughs> <laughs> um, even though like the scene had nothing to do with me. I, I would always just be extra. Um, but so, yeah, I, I graduated. I got a first class, by the way. Um, well done. Well done. You know? And everyone was shocked because everyone thought I was really dumb um, because I made some of my best friends at uni and we, we always had a good time. We were loud. We were always laughing and, um, and just people thought we didn't do work, but we did. And I, I got first, um, but very quickly at university, I realized that 
my degree is going to be plan B and wrestling really is my plan A. And I was just like, I really need to go back and give this another shot because every single day in those two years where I hadn't gone to wrestling school, every single day I would wake up and I would think, when are you going to go back to wrestling? I didn't want to be 80 years old looking back thinking, well, you know, if I had just tried that wrestling school one day, um, so yeah, I just I just went for it and I thought I can't chase plan B before I've given plan A a proper shot. Um and, and so that's what I did. And then by the time I graduated, I was already wrestling. So and I studied television production, but it was wrestling that took me into an actual TV studio. Um, because while I was there, I did a show called A League of Their Own, and um they brought me back on it several times, but no one knew I was a wrestler at the point at this time. And then when it came on TV, all of my university friends saw and they were like, wait, what? Is that you? Is that you in pink shorts strutting about? And I was like, yeah. Um, so, it, but yeah, so wrestling took me into a TV studio, even though I studied all the roles behind the scenes as well. Um, so that was that. Was that. <laughs> you, talk, you talk then as you were sort of explaining your, your road back, how for two years you had that voice in your head saying, why aren't you doing wrestling? Mm-hmm. How, did you, how did you push that voice down every day? Well, I think because at the time, the only person that really believed in me was my mum. And even if I told my friends, oh, I wanted to be a wrestler, they all laughed. So I didn't tell them I was actually training when I did before. Um, so because they would all doubt me and tell me I would fail. And I don't know if it's how we are in England or on this side of the world. I notice um, if you people say they wanna go do something, people will give you 10 reasons why you can't do it. So I think because no one really believed in me back then, it kind of made me not believe in myself. And that kind of just made me ignore um, trying to be a wrestler. and. I think British wrestling wasn't big at the time and I didn't even know how to be a wrestler. I thought like the school I was at, which will not be named that first one I went to, um, was just atrocious and it really just put me off the whole scene. And I thought everywhere was going to be like that. Thank God it's not. (laughs) Everywhere is a lot better than that. But um, yeah, I just, I didn't think I could do it. And then the thing that brought me back other than, realizing that was the only thing I wanted to do with my life was I'd actually went to Disney World with my cousins and they won bingo and then they took me along with them so amazing that's the best way to get to Disney World I won on the bingo exactly they won bingo they (laughs) took me there with them had an amazing time and while I was walking around the Disney parks they have all these motivational inspirational quotes being spoken to you and everyone telling you, you can chase your dream and you can do this. And in those two weeks I was there, was I, I just felt so good. It was like the best time ever. So when I came back, I had this new inspired mentality and uh, outlook on life that I got from Disney World. And then, yeah, went back. I think that it is it is a, a cultural thing. I think with this, with England especially, like we are 
we are ones to kind of in, insult our friends and, and dig down and and sort of push push emotion down the whole British steel stiff upper lip type thing. Mm-hmm. And then and the opposite end of the spectrum, like Disney's a, is a great example of that. How in America it's all the American dream. You can do it. This is your right. You do this. You do that. You, what we kind of want is something in the middle. We exactly. want, go and do it. But if you're a bit crap you know, learn your limit, but go and have a go and see how it is. You know, we need something in the middle and, and quite, a, quite a lot of the time we struggle to find that. But it led you back and you got back there. And when you, the first school we won't speak of, mm-hmm. what's the second school that, that, that changed it all for you? The London School of Lucha Libre. That school, that was amazing. I don't know if you've seen Camp Rock. Have you seen Camp Rock before? I have indeed seen Camp Rock, yeah. Okay, so the scene where Mitchie first walks into Camp Rock and sees, like, everyone. <laughs> that was how I was. Like, right. I, I, I walked in on a beginner's Monday and I looked to my right and someone just did a hurricane runner out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, beginner's Monday? <laughs> um, so, but that place was such a monumental place in my life, especially at that time. Um, So I was 19 when I went back there, well, when I went there, and um, I was so naive to everything, to wrestling, to life in general, and like the only friends I had were people my age, and that place, not only did I learn how to wrestle, but I met people from all different walks of life. I, I met wrestlers, I met fire breathers, burlesque performers, sword swallowers. Like I met people that had a range of different jobs and that were all, they were older than me. And it, it just, it really opened my mind up to everything. Cause like when I first went to a Lucha Britannia show, and they had the burlesque in the middle of the show. I was like, oh my God, like, should I be here? Oh my God, this is, this is strange. But it was so cool. And, and that place really opened my mind up to all different things in wrestling. And it was sort of like, it was a wrestling school, but it was more of like a place where loads of misfits just went and were together. Yeah. <laughs> you you said previously that you owe it to the school uh, for mm-hmm. for you coming out. Yes. So um, so the trainers there, my trainer, they were both very Cockney, and you know, like you should wear some pink pants, and they they sound like that. And um, it's so weird how these macho men that were so Cockney encouraged me to be myself and to come out um because they were the ones that taught me it was okay to be me and and so did the wrestling fans there like that space in general was just like everyone there was so accepting of no matter what the hell you are you would be welcome there you know even if you had blue skin you'd be welcome there and um and yeah that that place was monumental in in me coming out um yeah and especially because so in the warm-up the wrestling warm-up for that place it's not like your everyday wrestling school so we we do the push-ups and the squats and all that but they turn the lights off and they put these disco lights on and they play just really loud like i don't even know what kind of music it is 
like they play salsa music and then other stuff. But you know that um the football one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like sort of like sambo. Like sound like samba. Like that samba style. Yeah. yeah it's just kind of called now. That's what I call football chant music, isn't it? It's that sort of. <laughs> Lively. But this was before. One. This was before it came like big in football. So, and like, so they turn the lights off and we all shout, and it was like we're at a big dance. But they make you do these. They make you pull faces and just do silly dancing to get you out of your shell and out of your comfort zone. And because once you're out of your comfort zone, you can wrestle better because you're not really afraid to make a fool of yourself. And because it was so accepting and you know everyone was so cool it made me comfortable to be me so was there a moment um can you remember the first moment when you joined this school and this is after years of of sort of pushing away parts of who you are uh both in Mm -hmm. you know in your sexuality and as a wrestler pushing all that down Mm -hmm. there suddenly being in this place which is so accepting and warming and encouraging can you remember one particular moment cassius uh in your time with with lucha libre with with london that uh you realized i've arrived this is this is you know to to kind of quote the greatest showman in a bit of a cliche way this is me like that (laughs) (laughs) is there can you think of a moment that kind of encapsulates that um, I think when I made my wrestling debut. Um, so, yeah, he told me to wear pink pants and put them on. And it was the first time, like, I had a match and I walked through the curtain. I was in my pink pants. And not only, it wasn't just the fact that, oh, yeah, I was in pink pants. That was one part of it because I knew that everyone would know for sure, a thousand percent, there would be no denying that, yeah, I'm gay after they see this match. Um, <laughs> yeah. And also it was, I was finally making my wrestling debut after years of no one really believing in me and me not even believing in myself. I I, I was finally doing it. Like I was going after my dream um, and that, and yeah, that was the day that everything changed and where I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Cause I think, being in the ring, it was the first time I was authentically me with not really caring if um, people accepted me or not. Um, I think just being in the ring brought out the inner diva in me where I was so used to watching women's wrestling that I moved like the divas I watched. And I, if I stride down the street or if I strutted around at school, I'd get called gay. But I was doing everything that I was bullied for in the ring and people were cheering for me and it was accepted and it was fine. And that was when I was like, yeah, I've arrived. That must have or, felt yeah, incredible. Must have felt absolutely incredible. Yeah. And and the, the thing I love about my debut as well is that, so I was put in the women's match. So, you know, at the time they would always just have a women's match on there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was put in the women's tag team match. Um and I was supposed to be a heel and I was supposed to be like, they were like, oh, you, we're going to say that you only wrestle women. I was like, okay, but that didn't last very long. Um, but at the time I was like, oh, how am I going to tell my outside friends, my friends from outside of wrestling that I'm a wrestler and I'm wrestling the girls. I'm not putting the man's match, but I'm so glad it worked out that way because that was a perfect way for me because 
I've always watched women's wrestling. Like, that's what I love about wrestling. So I love that my career started off in the women's match. Um, Yeah, I mean, I didn't really do anything to write home about in this match. I didn't do anything spectacular, but it was just the fact that I was in there and I was doing it. And when I watch it back, even now, I still, I can't believe that, oh my God, wow, I'm actually doing it. So yeah, that was the day where this is me. What was your I friend's read. reaction to it? You, you, you were saying how you, this is sort of how you're going to show your friends this is what you do. How did they react to it? Well, they so they didn't see that match first. Now, now they don't really. No, no one cares if I wrestle a guy or a girl. I don't even care. So, no one cares about that anymore. But at the time, the first thing they saw me doing wrestling was when I did a league of their own, and I walked to the ring to its raining men, <laughs> um, and I did the Stacy Keebler go really slow through the rope and bend over, and they they were all they bursted out laughing. Um, they were like, oh my God, is this you? <laughs> okay. Oh, and I think it's whenever I'm with them and they and I'm watching that clip with them, it's, so I walk out, cheer, they see the outfit and first of all, they're like, okay, wow. But it's, it's the bending over in front of the rope that, like I see them gulp and they're like, <laughs> their eyes pop out and they're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but at my at my university, the first, other than that, the first photo they saw me in wrestling was in my entrance. And I, I took off my jacket, kind of like Candice Michelle, like just peeled it off. And then I'm swinging the jacket over my head. And that is the first photo someone saw. And I looked like a stripper, to be (laughs) honest. I didn't look like a wrestler and I didn't even look like I was in a wrestling ring. Like you just see me with the cabaret people behind me and it it looked like I was a stripper. Um, And someone posted that in a university group. And um, at the time I didn't find it very funny, but everyone else did and they they liked it though and but to be fair I looked good in the photo so you know <laughs> you look good doing it that's what that's what counts exactly Might as look good doing it Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, we've got another match for your DVD now. So we, we yeah. had Trish Stratus and Mickey James from WrestleMania. And mm-hmm. uh, what would you like your second one to be, Cassius? Would be Kelly Kelly versus Beth Phoenix for the Divas Championship. This is uh, Kelly Kelly's second... Desert Island Graps mentioned in the run of the shows. We had Candy Lee on last year. Yeah, and uh, the uh, and I think you might have an uh, a rival in terms of like biggest divas fan because Candy Lee. It, it, yeah, I, I see. She loves Kelly Kelly too, and that's what we bond over because we both love Kelly Kelly. <laughs> um, yeah, so but this match. I think the the thing I love about Kelly Kelly matches is um, obviously I love the I love the match, but an extra little bonus point is the fact that when she walks to the ring, her hair looks perfect, and then when she finishes <laughs> the match, her hair still looks perfect. Like she put on some good hairspray or something. It's but, a wild um, hairspray they use. I think for for a lot of the women there, you you constantly think, how do they? How does everything stay in place? Yeah, it looked that. immaculate I still. <laughs> I, I, I need to learn these secrets. But um, this match was so cool because I think it was in Beth's hometown and Kelly Kelly actually gets booed in this match. Like everyone boos her. And at the time when I was watching it, I thought Kelly Kelly was actually going to lose because, you know, she was going up against Beth Phoenix. Beth's beating everyone. And, you know, she won the title, but, uh, you know, I think it's going to be over. And then suddenly out of nowhere, she wins. And... And that match, she pulled out some. She pulled it out of the bag. She pulled out like her best moves, and and it was such a good underdog story. And I think that's what I loved about Kelly Kelly is that when she got beaten up, you always felt so sorry for her because she was the little model girl that was just getting beaten up by all the wrestlers, you know. And um, but she she proved it. She proved herself to everyone. And. I used to show this match to like all my non-wrestling friends. I remember at college, um, I wouldn't be doing the work. I would be watching Kelly Kelly versus Beth Phoenix on YouTube. (laughs) 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 And uh, I just like her outfit was perfect. She's wearing like the bluish greenish one. It's it's blue, but in some lights it looks green, but yeah. Um, And Eve is ringside and I think Natalia is too, but yeah. She wins by she reverses a glam slam with a roll up and and everyone's like oh my god, um, so yeah she's um <laughs> she's an she's an underrated force in wrestling isn't she Kelly Kelly? She really is. I had to keep it a secret that I was such a big fan of her. Mm. Like I had to if I was talking to anyone that actually watched wrestling, I would keep it a secret. That would be a no no because especially other wrestlers like if if. I told them my favorite wrestler was Kelly Kelly. They'd be like, oh God. Um, but now. But I think it's weird how that is the case because she's, you know, Kelly Kelly. Okay. 
Kelly Kelly isn't, you know, going to compete for Luke with Luthez anytime soon in terms of, you know, that kind of wrestling ability. But in terms of like the entertainment value and the presentation value, there's so much to take from Kelly Kelly as a exactly. Performer. Uh, I know, like, I think it's just because she wasn't like, you know, a technical wrestler, mm. they, they always roll their eyes, but um, she inspired me and I do a tilt well head scissors, like around, you know what she does. Yeah. So when I, when I saw her do that before I was a wrestler, I was always like, when I become a wrestler, I'm going to do that move. That is going to be one of my moves. And um, so I'm so glad that I went to the London School of Lucha Libre because they could actually teach me that. And um, whenever I would whip it out, someone would talk to me after the match and be like, oh, I like that move you did. And they would think that Rey Mysterio inspired me or something. And I'd be like, oh, no, it's Kelly Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) And the mood changes when that happens, when they say that. It's like, well, it's it's still a valid move. and It's still like a, a, a big move from her arsenal. And... One of those where if, if Kelly Kelly is, you know, if, if Kelly Kelly's contribution to wrestling is inspiring people like yourself and people like Candy Lee to get into it, then that's an mm-hmm. adequate response, if, if nothing else. But, but there is more to it. There is always more to it. Um, mm. How do you feel that wrestling has changed in terms of um, the, the women's action in the last sort of, in, in your lifetime? When, like, when you mm-hmm. were starting out, like Trisha Mickey James was the, the mm-hmm. match that, pulled you in was very much a, a, an island unto itself in, in, in the women's division in WWE. Mm-hmm. How do you feel it's changed in your time as a wrestler? And what do you think needs to happen for it to, to, to continue to evolve? Um, what, women's wrestling? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I mean, they, they're constantly improving and being trusted and given more time and more emphasis and storylines on them. And, and, I think they just need to keep doing what they're doing now. Like, so I got to go to WrestleMania and watch, um, I think the year before, two years ago, and the women were the main event and more groundbreaking things like this, but they're, they're in the right direction. And it's changed so much because before, like you said, people would view them as a toilet break. I mean, I never, because back in the day, like I had to watch a whole two hour SmackDown just to find the six Diva tag team match. (laughs) Um, And they were always so short. The thing is, I mean, a four minute match, including entrances and post-match thing. Okay, God, give them some more time. Mm. But, but when it was like an eight minute thing, I was okay with that. I was, I was, I enjoyed it. And I think they did great with what they, you know, had. And those inspired me. But now to see the time that they have now is amazing. It is so really cool to see how far they've come. And especially like, oh, I won't even say this next point because it it's my third match, but so I'm not going to say that bit. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's really nice to see how far they've come. Um, but even the stuff they did back in the day, that is, you know, taboo if you like it, like the, the Santa's Little Helpers matches and the Brown Panties matches, I'm not going to lie. I still liked everything they did. Um, I was entertained and the the Santa's Little Helpers matches, they have some good ideas in there. If I'm in a six-man tag match, I'll watch the Santa's Little Helpers six diva tag and I'll find some ideas that I'll like to do. I won't tell the other wrestlers that I was inspired by a Santa's Little Helpers match and they'll be fine with the idea. 
but so, well that says it all doesn't it that's yeah we had um so, we had we had socal val on last year one of her yeah. matches was uh, from Invasion 2001, and it was Stacey and Tori Wilson versus Trish and Lita, the tag yeah. team and panties match. The and tag match, yeah. We both loved it, and, and you'll appreciate like how, actually, for, for what is ostensibly like a, a stripping match, there was a lot of technical process in it. Like, it was a yeah. well-structured match. Like Yeah, think you the moves in that, right? Yeah, that's it. And it was yeah. just the, the way in which, like, the, the the elements happen, like, with people taking having clothes ripped off, but via, like, a sunset flip counter into something mm. else. Like, it was actually really well put together. Yeah. It was. It hangs up there, you know? Hangs up there. Um, it's it's great to talk about representation, and I'm here with yourself talking about that, Who is uh, who is quite literally the pride of Brighton. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Oh, I have it. You have it. Oh, Yay! get in. Je- I, 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 any chance I get to, to gush about Riptide in Brighton, I do, because I love the bones off of what they do. And the fact that, because what does my head in all the time is every wrestling promotion assumes, oh, you, we need to have a belt for this. About that. Why does it need to be a belt? Oh, mm-hmm. what, where, where's the rule where it says every championship needs to be a belt? Uh, Cassius is holding in his hands something that looks like it came out of a treasure chest sunken and it's got a chain around it and you wear it around your neck it's it's an amazing piece and it's the pride of brighton championship (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna print that so we've got a a nice picture of you holding the pride of brighton championship that's beautiful beautiful talk to us and talk to those who aren't familiar with it about about the the joy of of working at riptide in brighton riptide is just it's in a league of its own in independent wrestling like it is so much fun it's such a joy to be there and it's so weird because okay so in British wrestling backstage a lot of the time sometimes I feel like I'm the only one really excited to be there a lot of people walk around very grizzled and you know blah 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 but in Riptide everyone's happy to be there everyone loves it there they they treat us so nice there. There's a barber backstage. Um, and they have like, they they really emphasize um, how, how much they care about the people that work for them. Like there's posters and stuff about like concussions and injuries and stuff. And um, they, they, you feel very valued when you're there. And not only is it an awesome roster of people, like, Anyone could turn up a Riptide, literally. Um, it's the production is so good, and I know that if I have a match there, it's going to be filmed, and not only just filmed, but it's going to look so good, like the quality, and it's going to look so cinematic. And um, I know that I'm going to have a fun match when I'm at Riptide, and it just it makes you want to work that much harder and have even more fun when you're there. But um, and the Pride of Brighton. So I won the tournament. That was a whole game changer for my career. And um, so the stipulation was if you have the Pride of Brighton for a year, the medal, if you have that for a year, it turns into a championship match for the Brighton Championship. And thanks to coronavirus. I was going to say, like, I, I suddenly think you might have been responsible. I feel like this is part of your master plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I caused it. No, I'm joking. No, but so, thanks to coronavirus, I have had this for 
over a year. Oh. The thing is, though, I think I was on my way to having it for over a year, like, before the pandemic happened. Um, I, I won all my championship defences, so... Yeah, I think a championship match is in my future. But if, we, um, if we stay locked down for another six months, do you get two championship matches? Uh, maybe. In, in the unlikely event that, that you, you flummox the first one. In the unlikely event, you get another go. Unlikely. <laughs> in the unlikely event that you do. But there is so much love about uh, for, for Riptide, and I always like to bestow the virtues of them because they because there is a they, they talk so much about representation and mm-hmm. and 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 community and 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 they're so passionate about it as well uh, and in, in somewhere like brighton as well which is which is a, a capital uh, that really is so proud uh, of, of of the lgbt world that that, that we're in now and for you yeah. it must be a, a really i think it's never an easy time because there's always work to be done mm-hmm. in in in, L, in the lgbt universe but to be yeah. at a point where you know when you started out it was there was women's wrestling that was the toilet break and the idea of you getting into it was was laughable to your friends mm-hmm. to now where not only did you rank in the pwi 500 well done by the way uh, but also you're number 20 on the qwi 100 like how amazing well, okay. that there is a list that, that that celebrates that and how and the fact that you're there and you're so near the top exactly well okay so the qwi it's alphabetical order so there's, there's no rank. Oh, but, I, I feel bad now. I thought you were there. If anyone asks. So I could be higher. You never could be know. Higher. <laughs> could be higher. Is that, is that a deliberate thing then to make it so it's just alphabetical so there's nobody top or anything like that? Or is it, that's just how it's presented? Well, that's how it was presented. I'm not sure the reasonings for why, but either way, the fact that there is a list like that is so cool because... Like, like I said, when I first started, there wasn't really any gay wrestlers to look up to. I mean, like Darren Young, he was on TV, but he'd already, you know, had a successful career before he came out. And he was, he, he looked the part anyway, like everyone else. So, but there was no one um, feminine like myself to look up to. And now all these years later, there are these wrestlers um, I feel like we must have all started training around the same time in different parts of the world. Like, you know, in um, in the Buffy episode where the final episode where all the Slayers, the potential Slayers are like waking up to become Slayers. I feel like it must have been something like that in wrestling <laughs> <laughs> where all these little gay guys just like decided to start uh, becoming a wrestler. Um, but yeah, um, the fact that a list like this exists is it's everything it's so cool and it because representation does matter like i felt kind of alone at first because i didn't think there was any other lgbtq plus wrestlers and now to know that there's loads out there it's it's really it's really eye-opening it's really nice you feel like you're not alone and it's just good. <laughs> and um, like, so in the Pride of Brighton tournament, one of my matches was against a women's wrestler called Rebel Kinney. And that was quite a big moment for me because we were at Riptide, a, a well-known 
company on the independence, one of the top companies on the independence. And there's a gay guy wrestling a lesbian for one of their championships. And I feel like five years ago, that that wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have even existed. And so that was quite a cool thing to do because as an LGBTQ plus wrestler, um, sometimes people expect you to be in a certain position on the card. They expect you to, you know, just be, I don't know, a, a jobber or something. They, But for me, I've never been in that role. I've always won a championship, whatever promotion I've been at. I've, you know, I've always like risen to the top. So um, to know that even as a gay wrestler, I, I can win championships wherever I go, that is... It's really cool because representation does matter and it's it's nice to see. Like, it's nice to feel as well. It, it makes me feel like, okay, the, the industry is changing and it's not as, as bad as it once was. <laughs> yeah. There's always work to do. I think 2020 was such a was such a tough was such a tough year for everybody but, but british wrestling took a hammer in in 2020 as a as a lot of people came forward and talked about uh, mm-hmm. situations and, and instances that they've had and and it was a real black eye on on british wrestling uh, it was mm-hmm. it were great to be at a point where these people have been uh, have, have been uh, removed from the business the business is mm-hmm. becoming is that it's kind of the the, the ground is healing again at the moment. Yeah, it's like, uh, girl, bye, bye, yeah. <laughs> bye, Felicia, etc. Like the the ground is healing, and I want. I'm glad that you're here because I, I I wanted to sort of you to pass on a message to everybody else who was involved in this on New Year's Eve. I think you were part of a a massive moment in British wrestling, and I'm not yeah. understating it when I say that what uh, what Charles Crowley put together with your cordially invited f- did a lot of good for British wrestling. A f- Flipping mm. lot of good. Um, so talk to us about this New Year's Eve bash. Uh, you're cordially invited. So what's what's your story with it all? How did you get involved? Okay, so um, yeah, Charles Crowley was like, I have this really cool idea. Um, would you? I'd love if you could be a part of it in some way. Um, you know, and with everything that he puts out, it's always done at such a high standard um the production value is always there with him and the idea is always there with him and we get along great because like he likes wrestling but he also has other ideas that are non-wrestling related that he brings into wrestling and he always does it in such a good way so um when he asked me to be a part of that i was like oh my god yeah um and so my role is i'm like bar manager um <laughs> you are the peggy and, mitchell of british wrestling yes did i stutter i said we're closed now get out of my pub i said get out of my pub I get to tell everyone to get out of my path. And um, I think that is a line that we've all 
dreamt of saying, you know, ever since we've ever heard Peggy Mitchell say that. And I know I've wanted to say it many a times, but I've never owned a bar to throw anyone out of or... So <laughs> the fact that I had a pub now and got to throw everyone out was just, oh, I'm so glad that was my role. Um, <laughs> um, were you, were you surprised so with, how, with how much love there was for your cordially yeah. invited? Yes, I was surprised with like, because it was, a, it was a very small cameo in, you know, like a 20 minute thing. I was on it for like, 30 seconds but I think because it was the Peggy Mitchell line that everyone knows um yeah it got so much love and I'm I'm so glad that was my role because I felt like yeah I could go in and wrestle like everyone else but I know that it's more of the 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 character kind of stuff that I bring to the table so to have a speaking role which was just a one-liner that was that was my flavor that I, I got to bring to the table and that was I, I that was the best role for me yeah and it, it was so channels, much fun it channels so beautifully what um, back in your days as a media student when you'd say I'll be an extra I'll be in the background <laughs> and I'll just own it like it channels that spirit well this is the thing so when they were like okay you're gonna be a bar manager whatever so I just picked up the glass and I wasn't there, I wasn't set to shoot my scene for like another four hours, but I was just holding the glass and wiping it down as if I actually worked there. I was going behind the bar, going to everyone saying, right, what can I get ya? And then um, <laughs> I was just picking up like the, you know, the, the hose, the tap that they spray the, the alcohol out of. I was yeah. like pretending to spray people. <laughs> and um, when they filmed the fight scene with Martina, fighting Clementine and uh, Big T. I actually wanted to be in the background. I was like, let me be in the background. <laughs> but they were like, okay, maybe we can't have you there yet because we want it to be a surprise when you're revealed, you know, five minutes mm. later. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. And you know, um... <laughs> You were just desperate to chew the scenery in that bit in the background and just go, oh, I'm just going to be here. Yeah, it was wonderful. But honestly, I I speak on behalf of like British wrestling fans everywhere. Where I say I think that saved British wrestling for the year. <coughs> I really do. Yeah, it I felt do. like it. Everyone was happy. It was just a. Well. It was just a release. Yeah, I, I get for you for you guys. It must have been amazing. Oh, for that. it's cutting out. Oh oh oh! Am I here? Can you see me? It says I'm unstable. That's no good. Oh. Is it? Am I back now? Am I here? Hello? Oh, no. Okay, yeah. Cut out for a bit. Um, okay, but we're all right. We're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, I don't know what happened there. That was strange. Um, I'm not but... sure what you said, the last thing you oh, said. but yeah. I'll say um, it must have been it must have been like you said, like a release for you guys to see each other again and, mm. and, and wrestle again, kind of, sort of. Yeah, and like it was, I think it's, for a lot of us there, it was the longest we've been away from the ring without you know without an injury or anything so it, it was so cool to see each other again especially after the traumatic time that happened but it was it was like wow everyone's still alive like <laughs> it, this is how it was yeah so. can you reveal anything that happened behind the scenes that we didn't see that um you, you you're happy to let see. us know about you didn't see um hmm. we all had pizza we were all laughing um big t fell fell on the table oh but in the behind the scenes that's there so you have to go watch the behind the scenes oh. as well there's a behind the scenes so yeah big t 
falls through the table or something like that. Oh, geez. Geez, <laughs> when he's not that. supposed to. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, just a lot of a lot of fun. Oh, Dan Dan Maloney, he was bored, and then he there was this there was weights in the in the room for some reason, like in the backstage room. So he just picked up the weights and started working out, and then. Everyone was like, okay, this is this is cool. <laughs> so yeah, little workout. <laughs> as you do, as you do. Uh, but if yeah. you haven't checked it out, uh, link in the description, do go check out. You're cordially invited. Um, save British wrestling, I'm just saying. Um, before we get to your final wrestling match, Cassius, mm-hmm. we like to spring this on people, as well as mm-hmm. taking um, three wrestling matches, you're allowed to take with you to the island a movie, an album, and a luxury item. So when I say to you, you can take a movie with you, what movie is springing to mind? Right off the bat, I already know. Hands down, Legally Blonde. Nice. Why Legally Blonde? Why is that one just jumped straight to the front of your head? Well, okay, so I love comedies and anything that makes me laugh. But on top of that, it was such a feminist film, way ahead of its time. And underneath it all, there really is an underdog story. Um, they have this stereotypical dumb blonde that somehow gets into law school and actually does really well. And um, I just, like, I think she also reminds me of the divas as well. So it's, it's and she reminds me of just, it was, it's Buffy and the divas and, and my favourite, thing to watch on shows is always like the stereotypical blonde character so that was where my love came from in that and I just it's just way ahead of its time or like the way she cracks the law case because she realized the woman the murderer said she got a perm but then she went in the shower the next day when apparently you you can't do that if you get a perm you can't get it wet or something like that but her knowledge of hair care allowed her to crack the case and she knew the pool boy wasn't sleeping with the woman because the pool boy was gay because he was wearing like these designer shoes or something like that or (laughs) like it's so silly but it's just it makes sense and it's so cool i just love it love it how about an album what album would you take with you an album okay oh i've got three okay well Currently, um, okay. Only take one. One, one, fine. It would have to be (laughs) Hannah Montana, the first album. Excellent. Um, So many of her songs I still listen to till this day. Um, Who Said is a banger from Hannah Montana. Best of both worlds. A lot of them are still on my playlist. So I, it would have to be that. They never go out of style. As somebody who was a, a a a quiet person with this uh, this gregarious wrestling character on an evening, was is there a bit of comparison that you draw with Hannah Montana? Some connection there? Oh yes, yeah. Hannah Montana lived a Hannah Montana life. <laughs> so, like she was a schoolgirl by day, pop star by night. I was just a schoolboy by day or student by day, and a wrestler by night, and no one knew about it. And I kept that a secret and I feel like watching Hannah Montana probably inspired me to, you know, if someone doesn't approve of you doing something, go do it anyway. Just don't tell them. <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't need to know. Um, and yeah, that, that was, 
and her outfits were all sparkly and stuff. So that was why I got sequins. And I just, oh, that is the life. And when I'm rich and famous one day, I'm going to have a ward, a closet like she does. Like there's an episode she shows her friend Lily. She's like, this is my closet. And it's a closet. And then she's like, now this is my closet. And she goes <laughs> in the closet and it's a whole room. And and the, the clothes are like spinning, like the whole the whole floor spins to show her outfits. That's what I'm gonna have. Nice. I like your style. And how about a luxury item? What would that be? What is a luxury item though? Okay, so I mean it can be a creature comfort, something from home. We've had people in the past taking body pillows or their own bed. Um, it can be <laughs> things that will just make them feel happier. I could tell you Nick Nick Aldis is taking his jag, his car jag. randomly. Uh, some people are taking hygiene products randomly james storm is bringing toilet paper uh, some people oh. are bringing pets i know that Pet. alison k is bringing her cats uh, with her um candy lee's bringing a full length mirror so, oh <laughs> herself checked out throughout throughout the time on the desert island so it's really very varied sir okay right what the hell could i bring um what do i not what do i, what do I use all the time i don't know I was going to say skipping rope, but no, no, no. I why, not, that... why, not, why not a skipping rope? I can do avocado on the, on the desert <laughs> island. I'm sure there's, I could go swimming instead. Uh, um, oh, oh, I don't know. Um, uh, oh, okay. Uh, a paintbrush and some canvases. Nice. Because I like to paint. Do you do a lot of painting? I was going to say, do you do a lot of painting? Well, so before I was a wrestler... I, I did a lot of painting at college and a lot of drawing and I was always drawing wrestling. And and then once I started doing it, I had no time for it. But during lockdown, I've been painting again. And this is going to sound so weird, but I feel like I have this sixth sense or something that I can manifest some good luck and things to happen in my future. Um and an example of this is I started painting during the lockdown and I, on the back of my pink jacket, I painted myself in my wrestling outfit on a beach. And so like, I'd always wanted to do like a diva's photo shoot or, you know, some sort of shots of me on the beach in my outfit. So I painted that. And three months later, I was on the beach filming in my wrestling gear. And you could say, oh, yeah, I set that out. I set out to do that. But this wasn't even my idea to do. Riptide messaged me and was like, do you want to shoot some things? And we we went to the beach and it only happened after I painted it. So I felt like I manifested that. Mm. Um, because I'd been wrestling for like seven years at this point and I'd never been to the beach in my gear. And then I randomly paint it and then it comes true. So I've been painting some stuff of what I want to happen in my future. I'm not going to say what they are because I feel like I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to ruin the magic. So, but once these things happen, then I'll happily tell everyone. But so yeah, you, yeah, keep the keep the easels that you have painted on. Yeah, that's going to be the evidence down the road of uh, of the destiny that you've manifested. Exactly. It's, I'm not even joking. I feel like I've got a sixth sense.
your third and final wrestling match, sir. So we've had okay. Trish and Mickey. Uh, we had <laughs> Beth Phoenix and Kelly Kelly. What would you like your last one to be, sir? Well, now we've got the first ever women's Royal Rumble match. No one is ready for Asuka. This year's Royal Rumble is popping off. Everyone will feel the glow. Everybody knows when it comes to making history, I'm money. Being part of history isn't enough. I won't settle for anything less than being the last woman standing. Check it out. The road to WrestleMania is clear. It's one irresistible force plowing through 29 highly movable objects. So ladies, put your hair up and square up. Cause everything I have fought for has led me to this moment. It's every woman for herself. The first ever Women's Royal Rumble match. Someone's gonna earn a guaranteed championship opportunity at WrestleMania. You make history once again. Who got the power? Can you remember where you were when you watched the first Women's Rumble for the first time? Oh, I was just at home watching this mm -hmm. by myself, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I felt like I was screaming, like when, like number 19, when Kelly Kelly walks out or like oh, when, when, yes, you know, and it was like, wow. Or like, I think when Tori Wilson walked out and all these divas from back in the day that I had no idea was going to be in the Royal Rumble. And it was just such a surprise that that made me remember like the um like the power the star power or like some of these wrestlers weren't the most technical wrestlers but they had something about them that you love to see them so like when their music hit it was like oh my god ah, wow um yeah that was just such a a cool match. I think that was my favorite match of like that entire year. A great rumble. They've just been great rumbles so far. So I like it more. I mean, I love it when the NXT people are in it too, but I I love it more when it's the ones that return. That's yeah. that's the special ones that get me. <laughs> and are... you can still they still do it. They stay still. Oh, they always will. I think it's always mm -hmm. a great opportunity to get that nostalgia reaction when you see them coming out. Uh, at yeah. the time this goes out, we are just a week or so shy from Royal Rumble 2021. Um, <laughs> Women's Rumble is happening. Um, who would you love to see coming okay. out on a gong? Who do you think will win it? Okay. Um, who would I love to see? I would love to see Melina back. Mm. I felt like they they should have had her back in everyone. And, and like, they they... They had her on the Raw Legends night, and that was great. But I feel like we all need to see the splits again, mm. and and her her split legged finisher thing, like just she brings so much to the table, and she still does it. And um, I became quite good friends with her last year, and we hung out and stuff. And uh, I took her to heaven, which I don't know if you know, it's like. Um, Europe's largest gay club in, in in London. So I took her there and it was so much fun. And like, we, she's just so cool. And I feel like there's something about her, like she has it. And we were walking down the train station. It, no one was in the station, by the way. It was just us two, because it was quite late. And I was like, okay, Melina, 
pretend I'm the camera, the camera's on you now, and you're walking down the ramp to WrestleMania. And all of a sudden, just something changed in like her demeanor. And just with the just with the way she walked, I was just like, wow. <laughs> she still has she still has so much to offer wrestling and we all need to see it still. So yeah. Melina, I want to be back. Um Kelly Kelly, of course. I'm always gonna Obviously. say Kelly. <laughs> That's a given. That's a given. We'll see. In it, that's just a given. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And hmm, maybe who else? Hmm, Michelle McCall. Say Michelle McCall. Yeah. Let's let's bring her. Let's bring her back for a bit. Yeah. Who, you, who would you say? Who would you like to see win the whole thing? Is there anybody on the current uh, Raw or SmackDown women's roster that you're you're particularly enjoying the work of? Okay. Well, I think Sasha Banks is killing it. I mean, is she even in the match, though? Well, no, because she's champion at the moment, so she'll be yeah. facing the winner of it. I feel like they should just put her in there anyway. <laughs> Stick just her in. It's fine. <laughs> the I mean, the, bookie, the like, bookie's she... favourite is Bianca Belair at the moment. Okay. Great work on SmackDown. Well, she's so good as well. But I really do feel like, like she's not in it, but Sasha Banks is just... Mm. She's, especially during lockdown, she's just been in a league of her own. Yeah. And... Um, just still whipping out bangers of a match, you know, even with no crowd there. I can't imagine how hard that is, but so she, yeah. But, um, okay. Oh, uh, is Charlotte in it? Charlotte will be in it, yeah. Has she won? She hasn't won. She won last She won last year's, year's one. Yes, she did, yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe not again, but... Or, or what about if Kelly Kelly came back and she won? Well, there we go. Yeah. That's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. You know, what you, need to, you know what you need to do? You know what you need to do, Cassius? You need to get an easel. Yeah. Get a paintbrush. You need to draw that happening. You need to paint that yeah. happening. And do you know what? I'm just going to draw watch. myself in the background too as well, supporting it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> cleaning a glass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Telling someone to get out of the ring. <laughs> the the Peggy Mitchell of British wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Cassius, this has been this has been such a deep joy to to yeah. chat wrestling with you. Uh, where can people go to find out everything that you're doing and and keep up with what you what you've got coming up? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it at Neon Cassius. Um, or, or Facebook Cassius the Neon Explosion, or type in Cassius the Neon Explosion on YouTube. Um, and that's some of my matches come up there. And also I have t-shirts on thegear.co.uk. Yeah. <laughs> and before I let you go on a, on a, a warm and fuzzy note, um, mm -hmm. cast yourself back to uh, the, the, the Cassius that we're speaking to now. He's waking up. Uh, six months after deciding he's not going to wrestle anymore, those thoughts are there once again of going, I really want to do it. And and as he's fighting to push those thoughts down, what would yeah. you like to say to that, Cassius? I would say, do you know what? Just go and do it. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks because they don't know who the hell you are. Like, you know who you are and you know what you can do. And just forget about other people's opinions and live life for you because you know one day you're going to be a big star and why wait just go and live your best life yeah <laughs> that's what i would say to him hold up 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from. 